Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, May 13th. You guys remember when Friday the 13th was like a thing back in elementary, middle school? I don't know. By high school, I guess it had faded. But it is Friday the 13th. We have a couple of NBA games tonight. I don't think they will match the intensity Uh, Let me take that back. They may match the intensity that we saw Thursday night. Really good NBA action. Listen, two pretty much blowouts, but I liked them. I enjoyed them because I had a 3-0 night on the gambling front. Good winnings for your boy. Hope you guys tailed the picks. Um, We'll get to that shortly. I want to thank you guys for the shout-outs for Big Shot Bob, including the haters. There were a couple guys who sent me DMs saying, I never liked Ori. He always killed us in the playoffs. I couldn't listen. Sorry, Jay. I was like, all right, that's fine. I respect it. You listen, and then you could not handle what Robert Ori had to say. However, today, I don't think you will feel the same way. We have another guest. It's been a pretty pretty strong week of guests here at Straight Fire. Just an exciting week. Um, 
and we're, we're wrapping it up with a guy that I think you guys probably know. If you read the ringer.com, Brian Curtis stops by, he covers the media. You know him from Grantland, Daily Beast, New York Times Sports Magazine. Like he's done everything. Brian Curtis has been everywhere. And I think it's a pretty thoughtful interview. Little NFL announcers, NBA, sports media, you know, the young guys, the, the, the college students in journalism right now are going to want to listen to this and then probably change their major when they get back to school in the fall, if that's possible. Um, but you guys will enjoy that. But first, let's quickly buzz through the big stories. I'm not going to do much on the NBA schedule, uh, sorry, NFL schedule release. I'm doing the show today, uh, SFY, and the show's basically all schedule. So I, I have prepared a lot for that. We'll talk more about the schedule next week once the NBA dies down a little bit. Um, my Jets did not get any favors done to them by the schedule makers. It is absolutely rugged. First like eight games are lethal. I've got some actionable betting opportunities for you, though, based on early, early lines. Obviously, stuff's going to move, but NFL schedule release is fun. But it, it, it was weird because the Sixers were getting their butts kicked so badly, getting humiliated. The people piling on Harden and Embiid, it was just such a... Oh, I loved it. A total bloodbath. The Sixers got... I mean, Doc Rivers, that's what he does. He gets embarrassed. And um, so I think the schedule stuff was muted, but we'll do plenty on it next week. Let's start with the Sixers and choking at home game six as a favorite. By the way, how about underdogs in the NBA? 2-0 and Wednesday night. 2-0 and Thursday night. Underdogs, nice little run. The Heat coast in almost a wire-to-wire win. I think it was actually 99-90. I, it's too difficult to pick out my favorite moment from the game. It would obviously involve Jimmy Butler since he went over the point slash assist total. But my favorite moment was Jimmy Butler walking to the locker room after the game. He knows the cameras are there and he says, Tobias Harris over me and starts laughing. He starts laughing because obviously Jimmy Butler was with the Sixers and then they went to uh, decided to pivot from Jimmy Butler. Uh, they could have kept him and they decided, eh, we're going to build around and be a shooter. We got to get, let's go get Tobias Harris. And they have not matched what Butler brought them. Remember, with Game 7, they lose on the road on the freakish Kawhi Leonard shot from the corner, one of the luckiest shots ever. And Butler and Embiid. Embiid was crying after that game, and basically the last two postseasons. It's been three years since that, but the last two have been just tough beats. I want to remind you guys, last year, Game 7 at home, Embiid eight turnovers in a loss to the Hawks. But everybody blamed Ben Simmons. This year, Game 6, at home, lost to the Heat, Embiid, 7 of 24. 7 of 24 shooting. Everybody's blaming Harden. Now, Harden was bad, and Ben Simmons was bad in the moment. That being said, this it was one of these moments where it was, you guys have seen Black Panther, obviously, where Black Panther's getting crushed by... Um, I can't remember the actor's name. You know, the the, the great actor who uh, went on to do Friday Night Lights. He's done a lot of great stuff. And he's killing Black Panther at the top of the waterfall. And he goes, is this your king? Is this your king? He like yells it at them. And it was awesome. I'll, I've told this story on the podcast. I took my kids to see it in the theater. And, you know, Black Panther's getting killed. My kids were a little younger. And my son like sits up. He's like, no, they're going to kill you. know, He's like freaking out. My daughter's covering her eyes. Awesome moment. Black Panther, just a classic movie. Uh, totally rewatchable all the time. Anyways, I think is, this is a, is this your king moment for Joel Embiid? 
Guys, this is two years in a row he has no-showed in a win-or-go-home game at home. And we'll talk about him later, but do you see what Luka Doncic did, win-or-go-home against the best team in the West, best team in the NBA all season? Luka had a monster game. So you guys can continue to ball wash Joel Embiid like he's the greatest player ever. And he's so clutch. And uh, he should have been the MVP. And all this nonsense. Listen, I get it. He, he had a facial injury. He was wearing a mask. He's got the thumb injury. It's always something with this guy. What were the excuses last year? When he had eight turnovers against the Hawks. And Trey Young beat him. Like, we could continue to make excuses. I declared as soon as the game was over, as I want to do, a little grave dancing on the Sixers, went out and said, the process officially dead, 9.33 p.m., May 20, uh, I'm sorry, not May 22nd, May uh, 12th, officially, 2022. The process is dead. It's over. You remember, this has been like eight years now where they're going to keep trying to get bites at the apple, top five picks, Nerlens Noel, Michael Carter-Williams, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I mean, the process felt good. It felt good, and it never delivered. Guys, are you ready for this? Joel Embiid has never been to a conference finals in his career. We act like this guy's an all-time great. He hasn't been to the conference finals. Trey Young has been to a conference finals. Jimmy Butler has been to the conference finals twice in three years with the Heat. Like, I could go on down the list. Maybe he's the best player to never make the conference finals, but at some point, the Joel Embiid love affair has got to end. Guys, you can't build around this guy. You just can't. And then after the game, listen, I get it. I'm going to hammer Harden. Jay, Jay, why aren't you hammering Harden? James Harden was terrible. This is what James Harden does. This should be no surprise. Second half, guy attempts two shots. Zero points. Entire game, he doesn't attempt a free throw. That's not the James Harden I know. Except it is in these closeout games. The history says that James Harden shrinks in the moment. Either it's too big for him, he don't want the ball, uh, he wants to defer to others, but whatever it is, James Harden just choke job. That's what he does. Uh, James Harden, uh, I, I expect this. I expect Embiid to show up and carry a team to victory in a pivotal game. Harden, who were still glowing about the Game 4 performance, where he had 31 and six threes. Oh, James Harden, yeah. It's Game 4. Okay. Game six, winner go home, 11 points, nine assists, four boards. 43 minutes, he took nine shots. Nine shots. Shake Milton came off the bench and took eight. Tyrese Maxey took 22. Tobias Harris, 13. Like, Danny Green did get hurt in the first quarter, didn't look good. Feel bad for Danny Green. Former neighbor out here in the South Bay. He is... In Philly, probably not much longer. I mean, I think he's got a little time left in his career because he can be, you know, a 3 and D guy for a couple minutes on a, on a championship team. He's got that Spurs DNA, that winning DNA that matters. So somebody's going to grab him. He, he would be good on like a, a Memphis Grizzlies next year. They, they need to know how to win in close games and they can just lean on Danny Green, a veteran. But yeah, Harden was bad. I get it. Again, I look at the star. Does your star show up when it matters? And I'm sorry, guys, but Joel Embiid has never done that. He can put up monster numbers in the regular season, and everybody can say he's the, he's the greatest thing ever. Fine, that's fine. I, I'm not hammering Joel Embiid. I'm just talking real here. Show me the last time he's shown up huge in a big game. Now, I know James Harden hasn't, but we know that. That's not what he does. Now, let, lastly, and, and it's weird, the Heat win and advance to the conference finals are like, 
they're not a storyline at all, other than Jimmy Butler, my guy, who, uh, again, sometimes you hit home runs out of the park and you feel great about it. I have been writing the Jimmy Butler is underrated for years. At one point, I said, before Kawhi was in uh, with the Clippers, I said I would take Jimmy Butler over Kawhi. And I took a lot of heat for that, and I get it, fine. But Jimmy Butler's a dog. I don't know if Kawhi has that dog in him. But I do want to uh, wrap up with the Sixers because Doc Rivers had to talk reckless at his press conference, basically defending his tenure in Philly and saying, oh, when I got here, they were nothing. And it's like, who do you think you are? You're you're not one of these politicians who can just stand up and just spout out lies and nobody's going to call you on it. Like, sports fans are real. They understand the deal. When you got to Philly, you had no cap, as my son likes to say. Horford, Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris. Okay? That's what you had. They they were not nothing. Now, they got swept in the first round because Simmons did not play. They had no guards, and Boston swept them. Then they fire Brown, and they bring in Doc. And, of course, last year, everybody thought they were going to go far, and they should have got to the conference finals, and they choke against the Hawks. And now this year, I mean, again, we're going to blame it on, you know, Joel Embiid's thumb, and that's the reason they lost. Listen, at some point, we're going to understand, like, Doc Rivers is just not a great coach. He's just not. In fact, he's quite bad and overrated. All right, let's get quickly to the Dallas Mavericks wiping the floor with the Phoenix Suns. It was close for a quarter and a half, and then they went on a 19-4 to run. And this is one of those moments where it's like every game has been a blowout in this, in this series. has been crazy. You know, so the, uh, one team will hang for a half, and then next thing you know, it's blowout city. I, I I don't know if there's been a real close game. Let's see. Game one, Suns won by seven. I think Dallas almost covered Luka with a late flurry. Then the Suns went by 20. Mavs went by nine. Mavs went by 10. Suns by 30. Mavs by 27. So one single digit, uh, sorry, two single digit games, but they weren't like one possession games. They weren't that close. And I, I, I guys, I don't know why Luka Doncic isn't the most popular player in the league. He legitimately looks like LeBron out there, but in slow motion. Drives to the hoop. He had a couple dunks, and then he let them know about it and got a technical. Um, but he's basically operating in slow motion, has eyes in the back of his head, always finds the open guy, makes improbable shots that you're like, how did he even get that off? He knows his body contorts and he hangs. Uh, He's really closing in on Curry as my favorite player in the league. And I know some of the Suns fans out there don't like when I talk about Luka. But, guys, this is the third straight playoffs he's done this, okay? He did it against the Clippers two years ago. People stunned. It was like, whoa, he averaged 31, 10, and 9 and pushed him to 7? And then last year he pushed him to 6, averaging 36, 8, and 10. This year... Suns, best team in the league. And now we're going to game seven, and Luke is at 31, 10, and seven. Now, can he get over the hump? Well, he's going to be his decided underdog here. And I already used the LeBron comparison once. I'm just, go look at LeBron when he took that Cavs team to the finals, I think in 2007. Go look at his supporting cast. Now, go look at Luca's supporting cast. And it's just one of those situations where you're like, wait a minute. He's passing to Reggie Bullock and Frank Nilakina, who I will say nice things about in a second. Frank Nilakina, Maxi Kleber, who like 
Real, really. If if Dorian Finney-Smith showed up at your house with a pizza, would you know who he is? I mean, that's the reality. Like, who are these guys? And Luka's got them pushing the best team in the league to a Game 7. I'm just stunned at how Phoenix is unable to put away this Dallas team. It's really staggering. And here's the scary part. If you're a Chris Paul fan, Chris Paul, somebody tweeted this out. Since he turned 37 years old, four games, he has 14 baskets and 18 turnovers. Is he looking washed? Uh, listen, Kyle Lowry shows up for two bad games and is, oh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's washed. Chris Paul now has had four straight bad games and nobody's saying anything because there's too much respect for Chris Paul. I'll say this, he's, he's talking more than he is playing right now. He is running his mouth so much. He doesn't like Luka Doncic. Either does Devin Booker. And I, here's where I'll give Nilakina some props. The former Knicks first round pick, lottery pick, who was a colossal bust. And listen, he's not a good offensive player. But he played the most minutes he had in the series, 21. And I noticed Jason Kidd had Nilakina pick up Chris Paul from the inbounds pass, just harassing him, being a pest. Newsflash, this is kind of what I do in basketball. I, I say, I'm going to pick up full court. I'm going to be a bit of a hound and a pest because people don't like that. They're just like, what, what are you doing? Stop. Let me dribble. And you don't give them the freedom. And then they give the ball up. And it's kind of a disjointed offense. And Nilakina had an impact. Guys, guy had four steals. In 21 minutes, I was like, he's even on the court in the second quarter? It was impressive. And they also have him a little bit on Booker. And look at this. Devin Booker, worst game of the series. Eight turnovers, six buckets. Did not make a three. I, this was a very bad game from the Suns. They were never in it at all in the second half. I think it was 12 or more. DeAndre Aid was the only guy who showed up. He had like basically had every shot that he took inside the paint. But it's feast or famine with Jay Crowder. Mikel Bridges was on a milk carton the entire game. Like, this was a weird spot. You're thinking, okay, Phoenix is going to come in, and they're going to do what Milwaukee did. They're going to win the game they have to, and it's over. And it's like, oh, geez. I, can the, do the Mavs have a chance at Game 7? And I want to make a case for it. I really do. But Phoenix has destroyed them so badly at home. It's going to take a Herculean effort from Spencer Dinwiddie, who, by the way, showed up 15 points at five threes. I'll tell you this. If Dinwiddie and Brunson can combine for 25 points in Phoenix, the Mavs will win the game, and they will win the series. It would be a stunner because they really haven't done that all series. They combined for 33. Brunson was good, but you could tell Brunson just gets frustrated that the ball's in Luka's hands all the time. Because Brunson will then, after like three straight possessions with Luka, Brunson will just get it, dribble, 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 dribble. Probably a bad shot. Pass, get the ball back, dribble, dribble. You know, it's like he's he needs the rock. Um, but he's not the key to They just need him to have a good game, not great. Because Luka can do everything else. Now, there are two days off between today and Game 7, which is Sunday. They're still working on the time. They should have it later this morning. Um, but Sunday's going to be appointment viewing. And I just hope it doesn't coincide with my first league basketball game. You guys know I've talked about it. I've, I've formed a team with some guys out here. And we have our season opener at uh, Sunday evening. Now, we do, I know nothing about this league other than there's two brackets. One is the super competitive one with like, you know, 25-year-old guys who are dunking, who played like Division two and three and stuff, play internationally. And then there's the next division, which is the one we entered, which is just like, you know, weekend warriors, dads who want to play, probably some companies who signed up with a bunch of basketball players and we have nine guys one guy's hurt so we only have eight one guy's in vegas this weekend so we only have seven and i am 
I'm like overly geeked. I'm probably going to go out and like go one for seven because I'm so excited to play because you haven't played in a league in a while. And you guys know, man, if you play in a league like the com- competition, you're playing for a trophy. Um, I-, I didn't even realize this, but I look at the schedule. There's like three bye weeks and there's 10 games. So then I had to go tell the wife that, you know, we can't plan anything these two weekends in August. It's the playoffs. And she just looks at me like, and just like walks away. And I'm like, come on, listen, we can't play the entire season. And then I missed the championship weekend. So um, I, I don't know. I'm very excited. I will give you guys details. I might even have, have one of our, uh, one or two of the teammates. One of them's moderately famous, uh, played division one football for a major program. It was a uh, quarterback. You'd know the name if you follow college football. Um, and then, you know, we have some other guys who are, are good athletes, but didn't play. Nobody on our team played division one basketball. I don't think anybody even played division two. Um, I'll have to double check that, but we're all older guys. Um, so it's going to be exciting, but more exciting than my dad basketball follies is our guest. Let's bring in Brian Curtis from the ringer. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire. You know, these guys who cover the media, they're big time. And Brian Curtis is probably near the top of the list. He's at The Ringer. He's done Grantland, Daily Beast, New York Times, Sports Magazine. I mean, you've read of stuff everywhere. Brian, how you doing, man? Good, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Uh, you know, we haven't spoken in many moons. You've accomplished a lot since then. Um, and, you know, anytime a media story pops up, a.k.a. Tom Brady going to Fox, uh, you know, I, I want to get the media perspective. I used to cover the media, not as much anymore. Um, and, you know, Brian, I was looking at you went to UT Austin in the you know late 90s, right about the same time I did. I'm just curious, what was your level of Internet usage back then? I remember when I first got to UT, you had to sign up for an email address. That was a mandatory thing. It was like getting a checkup or, you know, signing your, your weight, your getting your books or signing up for classes. And I went, I went in, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to sign up for an email address. And I have to fill it, literally fill out a form, Brian Curtis <laughs> at UTexas. So it was pretty low, you know, I'd sort of messed around on the, on the mid 90s stuff, but it was it was almost nothing. Yeah. And that was a whole new world and an awesome world. Yeah. So did you go to college thinking, Hey, you know, I want to be a journalist. I want to wait for the New York times or, or the Washington post or wall street journal or whatever. Cause that's kind of what I did. Like I went in thinking I'm going to be a newspaper guy. And then you come out and you're like, Oh, the internet is going to just destroy this industry. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember like two out of the, my first three jobs, maybe three out of four were with publications that didn't exist when I was in high school. Wow. So I went from thinking New York Times, Washington Post, Dallas Morning News sports page to Slate, Daily Beast, <laughs> Grantland. Here, here, these things didn't didn't exist. Yeah, but it was clearly where the action was, or at least the action was going. 
Yeah, and, and it's weird. I'm looking at the media now, and, and Brian, you know, it's a bit of a mess. Can, can we use that word, a mess, uh, just to sum it all up? And this week, Kyrie Irving is playing video games. Like, you know, whatever the Doom is a video game from my youth, but obviously something way cooler now. Maybe Grand Theft Auto Volume 9 or whatever. And he's playing and in chat rooms talking trash to guys about how the media stinks and fans are the worst. And I, yeah, fans say this to me. And Brian, the next thing I know, it's aggregated by, you know, 75 sports sites. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. And that's like an NBA story. I'm just my my question here is is multi-layered. Number 1, should this be a story? Kyrie Irving opening his mouth saying something. Does that even matter? And B, like I mean, how should the media cover this? Cuz this is now going to be talked about on all the shows. Uh I'm doing a show tomorrow and they're going to be at say, "Hey, should we talk about this Kyrie Irving video game thing?" I'm like, "No, we should not." Um I don't know. Just where are you on this? Yeah, NBA player says something has become kind of the fundamental story for our time. And you hit on exactly why. One, it's easy to tweet, it's easy to talk about, and it's perfect to program television shows. It's just, I mean, it, it is. Like, I can react to that. I can have an opinion about what Kyrie Irving is saying about the media, and it doesn't really require me to stretch my, <laughs> to stretch very much to do that. So I think that's what it is. I, I am not that interested in it unless the athlete is really saying something different from what they said i mean from what what you're talking about with Kyrie, it sounds like exactly what he's been saying on twitter right and in press conferences and in press conferences for multiple seasons so i'm thinking what are we really what are we learning from what mm -hmm. Kyrie irving is saying in video game land and that leads me to the next question like okay if we're learning nothing it is just a soundbite for clicks that's mostly irrelevant why is the media covering this? And that leads to kind of the, you know, do you give the people what they want, which is, you know, 25-year-olds want to know everything Kyrie Irving says, or what they need, which is like a meaty story that matters where you're learning something? Well, I think it sort of depends on how you define media, because I think if you and I opened any of the publications we're talking about, certainly the legacy media stuff like the New York Times, or I haven't checked the Ringer's homepage in the last 10 minutes, but <laughs> I doubt there's going to be blow-by-blow -blow coverage of Kyrie Irving said this. But you and I live in Twitter world and we live in aggregation world and we sometimes live in TV world and that's a big story. So I think part of what's interesting here is there is part of the media that is just covering this intensely and is living for that day to day, hour to hour, usually NBA player driven drama. And then there's part of the media that's pretty much ignoring it mm. or holding it off to the side. Maybe if they heard some big discussion about Kyrie, it will come up. But it's a lot bigger discussion about where do the Nets go from here? How can Kyrie and Durant getting along? What has Durant gotten himself into by signing with the Nets? That kind of thing. Yeah. So it's weird. If you unplug for a week and go on vacation and you swear to yourself you're not going to go on Twitter and you don't, you come back and maybe text some friends, hey, what did I miss? Anything big? And they'll just say this, that, and the other. And mostly I'm like, who cares? I didn't miss anything. Right? I, yeah. So – I don't know, Brian. I'm just trying to slowly extricate myself from Twitter if possible. I've been doing this for several years. I'll do less and less, but it's kind of a necessary evil, no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would argue we probably get more good out of it than bad. Huh. As annoying as it is. I mean, one thing is I hear people retreat to this all the time. Say, well, I use Twitter for news, you know, I just to keep up what's going on. Right. I mean, we're all kind of consuming the NFL schedule today, which is its own weird Mm -hmm. media thing uh kind of total non-story that has become a story yeah. but i also like the fact that really 
smart, funny people are talking about sports all day. Like I could look at the Twitter account of my colleague, Kevin Clark and Mina Kimes and a few other people like here are some great lines and jokes and observations about the NFL that I would have to like read through a whole column to find. And they just get served to me every 30 minutes or an hour, however often those people put them out there on Twitter. And so like, that makes me happy. I'm not going to, so I'm, I'm like, I know Twitter makes me unhappy a lot of the time. Yes. I'm looking at what my competitors are doing, <laughs> what my friends are doing. I'm just getting sucked into weird non-stories like you're talking about. But it also makes me happy a lot. And I, and I think it's important to admit hmm. that, that we get a lot out of it. Interesting. Maybe I'm not following the right people. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Clark is kind of good. But, but this also leads to the Tom Brady news this week where Tom Brady um, was announced on a call by uh, the Murdochs that he's going to be joining Fox when his career ends, uh, which is TBD, you know, Tom Brady's what, 45. Um, he might play for three more years, maybe one more year. Who knows? But Fox is getting him. And I'm just curious from your world. It was one of those weird open-ended ones. Like we've heard like, Oh, people want Drew Brees when he's retired. Oh yeah. People clamoring for Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees is now retired. And it's like, mm, are we that excited about him? <laughs> I, I, how do you kind of sum this up as to what a, what Fox is doing and B the whole, man, we can't wait for these quarterbacks to retire and join the booth. I think it really goes to how TV has changed since you and I were growing up. We were growing up, the biggest stars were the stars of Seinfeld and Friends. As we've seen, sitcoms and dramas have completely cratered. Yeah, And a lot of these networks are basically alive to show live professional football <laughs> games. Yeah, That is what they are. So on the one hand, it seems like we're spending a lot of time thinking about this. We're paying people like Tom Brady and down the line, Troy, and these guys, a lot of money. But if you think of Tom Brady as essentially being the Jerry Seinfeld of today, mm. remember those people were making a million dollars an episode back in the day. We we're going, whoa, a million dollars an episode. Well, that's what Troy Aikman's going to be paid to do Monday Night Football this year. So to me, it's not that crazy. And I know the announcers don't draw people to games like Jerry Seinfeld drew people to watch Seinfeld. But if you think of those people as the stars of the biggest thing network television is showing, then, okay, yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're, we're making no more of a big deal about them than we were about big, like, TV stars back in the day. Yeah, it's weird. I'm tr I keep trying to think of when this happened. Football, like, I remember Madden and Summerall were huge deals. I didn't know what their contracts were when I was a young... Like, nobody really cared. Um, and they weren't right off the field into the booth, but... It's happening increasingly now where it's like, okay, who's retiring? Or are they going to come and announce? I'm wondering. What Woj did for basketball, we're now doing for announcers on mm. Twitter. Right? And do you we're think turning, this is long lasting? We're turning the transaction into a commodity. Oh, look who's signing here. Look who's going here next year. Look at what the contract is. It's just. It's if you look back, by the way, in the '90s, New York Times was reporting on what John Madden was making from Fox when he went there in '94. That was that was a story for sure, but now it's a daily story, or it's an hourly story, or it's something that's contained in a tweet where we can sort of amp up the intrigue and drama. So I think that's kind of what's happening. Interesting. Your Seinfeld analogy, essentially, what Seinfeld was a monster in the '90s, right around when the internet pops. So. Could we argue the internet more than anything started to slowly hurt TV, whereas it helped the NFL, a product that only continues to get bigger over the last 25 years? Yeah, I guess if we think of internet in a larger way and also think about streaming and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like what the world we live in, however we got here, pro sports live is the one thing people watch live on television. We've seen that every single year. That's what they want to watch live on television. 
So. Well, they're watching the NFL, but baseball, eh, regional, NBA, sure. having a nice little resurgence. We'll get to in a little bit, but it's it's weird. College football, we've seen attendance plummeting, ratings plummeting, only the NFL on the rise. What am I missing here? Why, why is no other sport really? I mean, F1 is on the uptick, but come on, it's a drop in the bucket. Why the NFL? It's a good question. I mean, people want us. We just love pro football as Americans more than we love anything else. Yeah. I also think it's a kind of an underrated big deal that NFL football is largely free <laughs> to people to watch. Okay. You know, my, I was thinking my mom who was sitting there in Fort Worth, Texas with literally an antenna on top of the house she's <laughs> not paying for cable yeah. but she can get 14 13 dallas cowboy games yeah. a year for free she can get all of sunday night football every year for free she can get the cbs game of the week for free mm. there's just tons of nfl football that's very available without negotiating the cable bundle or over the top or whatever we want and honestly, I think when I hear on all these like this angst about the Mavericks to cite another Dallas example, oh my God, I don't, I don't have, I'm not paying for DirecTV, so I cannot watch the Mavericks because they're not here, they're not there, they're not where I want to watch them. Mm. NFL doesn't have that angst. Now maybe this year with Amazon, we get some people that are not to not to keep calling it my mom here. They're like, how am I watching the Thursday night game? Where is this happening again? But I honestly think that is a, an, an underrated part of the NFL's appeal. Yeah, for, I hadn't thought about that, the free aspect. But you mentioned Amazon. Um, they have to now overpay to bring announcers in, right? Because who wants to go to streaming? Although everybody in streaming has a ton of money. I'm just curious, have you watched a streaming game since they became available uh, NFL-wise? On Amazon? Yeah. I think I checked it out when they were doing the alternate Thursday night broadcast just to see what it was, but not, not in any great quantity now. Yeah, I, because from a gambling perspective, they're delayed by like 30 to 45 seconds. Right. I think it's something like that. Whereas regular cable, and, and there is this little bit of a lag. And again, when you're watching a big game, you're on social media. So Celtics Bucks, you know, you're tweeting about it and you have to wait like 30 seconds for everyone else to chime in because so many of the young millennials now, they're streaming everything. I am curious, do you still have cable, Brian? Yes, I do. Just because I don't want to miss anything. Exactly. And, and I talk to these guys 30 and under. Now, I'm sure you work with a lot at The Ringer. Do they have cable or are they all streaming? I'm going to guess they almost none of them have cable. That, I don't, that's just so weird. We have, it's expensive. It's a it pain. Is. Yeah, I just had to call. Our bill was, I'm embarrassed to say it out, over, a little over 300 bucks because we have three boxes. And, you know, Brian, I want the DVR box. You know, if I got to take my kid to a soccer game, and I know there's an NBA game coming on. I'm recording the game, and I want to be able to rewind it when I go, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so do you Do you have multiple cable boxes? Yeah, I do. I do. We, and, and it's just the simplicity. And again, it's just the point of like, if I can't watch everything I want to watch, I kind of can't do my job the way I want to do my job. Yeah. Uh, I don't want right. to be in that position where it's like, I can't watch this, or this is this is tricky for me to watch in some way. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to have cable. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to have it, but for the time being, I do. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's go quickly to the NBA, which is enjoying a bit of a a resurgence in numbers 
for the playoff games. And that's without LeBron, uh, to an extent, Dame Lillard is not there, Kawhi's out. So some of the big-name stars are out of the playoffs, but the numbers are good. I am curious, you know, is it a post-COVID pop? You know, they had two seasons that were kind of messed up the bubble where they didn't end on time, and then last year where they finished in, like, July. Do you, what do you attribute this NBA rating surge to? With the caveat that ratings are complicated and they're not always yes. obvious to understand, post-COVID pop's got to be part of it. Um, anecdotally, the play's been really exciting this year and mm. seeming, like, really interesting. I know we've had a couple of blowouts here the last, last couple of days. But also, it, it feels like the stars are pretty evenly apportioned right now. So until John Morant got hurt, we had a series with John Morant, and Steph Curry. We have a series with Luca and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You know, we say the same thing about the Eastern Conference, right? Giannis, Joel Embiid, Celtics. I, it just feels like there's not a real dud or or let not even a dud. Let's say a less attractive team that just doesn't have a ton of stars in the playoffs right now. So maybe there's a nice apportionment of stars. There's not a series where you're like, eh, I don't care about that. Do you think any of it has to do with LeBron fatigue, Kevin Durant fatigue, or maybe the masses kind of sort of rooting against those guys who have dominated for about a decade now. Yeah. And it's like, we can't wait to see who's next. Maybe, you know, it's funny because I always feel when we, we make those arguments and I certainly feel that as a fan, like, okay, let's just, let's just move on. Like Tom Brady was the ultimate. One of those yeah, the yeah. But I feel like that is often not borne out by ratings. People love to watch and either love him or hate him or do both at the same time. But this does feel like that. Again, I don't know about the transition to ratings, but it does feel like, okay, LeBron's not in the playoffs, but there's plenty to watch here. It doesn't feel like there's a hole. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel yeah. weird and starless. Uh, and again, not to date myself, but I just remember when Jordan left, uh, you know, 98, you know, the next five years were like a total wasteland for the oh NBA. Gosh. The numbers fell off a cliff. Like, I, I'm struggling. I have to actually look up, like, wait, after the Lakers 3 Pete Brian, who was in the finals? And then it was like, oh, yeah, it was those Spurs Nets series Spurs, that were Nets. like 87. That was like the ultimate unglamorous, like, right. oh, man. And you wonder, like, okay, well, LeBron's got maybe a couple more years. Maybe Durant has a couple more. Curry, 33, 34. Like, is the NBA in great shape going forward um, with all these young stars? Or are these international guys who are kind of taking over? Luka Doncic, Giannis, Jokic. Like, the league's never been better with international players, but are they going to be as appealing to the American audience as, you know, the KDs, the Currys, the LeBrons? Huge question that I don't have the answer to. But it <laughs> certainly feels like the NBA is set up as well as it can be. I mean, you lose LeBron James, right? Nobody's going to be like, oh, let's get LeBron out of here if you care about putting butts in the seats and getting people to watch games. But it feels like you're about as well set up as you could possibly be for post-LeBron world. Now, you are on social media, so the pushback to that would be, hey, James Harden has taken shots at Giannis because, you know, he doesn't really have any skills other than being a freakishly 6'11 long guy. Um, <laughs> you know, Luka Doncic has a lot of hate from Devin Booker, Chris Paul. People say he's a whiner. And then Jokic, where it's like, oh, the only reason he's MVP is because of all these nerds who look at the numbers and say he's the MVP. So I, I just, I don't know if there's the love for the international guys yet the way they're starting to dominate this league because... Listen, I know John Moran's good, and, and some there's some young, good young players, but these international guys really seem to be, at least three of the top seven players seem to be internationals. Sure, and some of the players you're talking about are in Denver, and yes. Milwaukee, and Dallas, and not in L.A. and New York, and we know that that has 
you know, some effect on the way people think about them and talk about them or the amount that people talk about them. So don't know on that one. Uh, how about this? The NBA media has, I don't want to say they're in a bad spot, but you know, they're not getting let in locker rooms. Looks like they're doing a lot of chasing with aggregation. That's not fun. Um, breaking the big stories can be difficult. I am curious, like we've seen social media impact things, right? Players want to talk. They go, they vent on Instagram. John Morant right after the game, I'm going to tweet out about, uh, you know, the the code and Draymond Green's running and doing a podcast right afterward. Uh, Brian, spin this forward 10, let's go 10 years. <laughs> Where, what, what is the media doing in 10 years from now? I know. And, it, and it's funny because the part of that to me that's most important is, is reopening the locker room and keeping it open because this stuff's going to happen. You know, Draymond's going to do his podcast and there's, and he should be able to do his podcast. There's no, like, I, why would I be able to say, don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. People should have their own social media channels and all that. But the one chance we have as reporters to do anything, to get any information, to establish relationships with these people is to keep the locker room open. It doesn't mean we're going to do it. it. doesn't mean we're going to go back to 1985 where you can walk up to magic in his locker with your notebook mm-hmm. open and do it. That's never coming back in the same way, uh-huh. but it at least gives people a shot. And I was talking to people about, you know, some NBA airports about this the other day. And they said, you don't have to guarantee me anything. You know, you're not guaranteeing me 30 minutes where LeBron tells me all about the dreams he had last night and how they relate <laughs> to the next season with the Lakers. Just give me a shot. Yeah. Just give me a shot to walk up to his locker or let me, he may be beyond, you know, at this point, he's such a big star, but like John Morant, young players, right. Who are in the NBA, like get to know them as rookies, follow their careers so that we have a relationship and potentially I can get something that I can give to readers that is not going to be filtered through a podcast or Instagram stories or whatever it is. And that's all that's to me, that's all reporters want. They just want a chance to level this a little bit. It's never going to be the same. It's never going to be Dallas Morning News, Boston Globe, Washington Post, yeah. old, but it's it's a chance. Do you – this is a tough one because I know these athletes make a lot of money. Draymond Green's contract is, what, $25 million or whatever. And he's probably looking at it as, why am I giving them a soundbite when I can go and say it on my podcast and make more money? Of course. And, and why why don't I go on social media if I'm John Morant? Why would I give it to the media when I can do it up my followers? And then, oh, by the way, in the offseason, I'll sell ads on my Instagram and make, you know, $25,000 a pop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it exactly the way I want to say it. Yeah. Not the way Brian and Jason interpret it or, or snip the quote halfway through because they're running out of space or they want to say what they want to say. So how does the NBA fix that? <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's fixed. I don't think that thing is fixable. Oh, I don't think it's fixable, but that's, like I said, the way to mitigate against it is, okay, you have to be in the locker room after a game. You have to be, have an open locker room during these times. Guys may not be enthusiastic about it, whatever, but if they're there and if they have, if they know the reporters as human beings, rather than faces in the Zoom call mm-hmm. or some guy standing up at a press conference in the you know playoffs, which are always so bad and ridiculous, they have a chance yeah. to get something. And you know what? Those guys often have things they want to say. And by the way, we're talking about the stars. What about the 12th guy on the yeah. roster who has something he wants to say about the star on background or has an observation that he can give the writer about team dynamics that the writer can't get from the from Steph Curry? Ooh, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Can't get that guy unless you're in the locker room. Uh, that's tough. Um, all right. I'm, I'm, I got a bunch of friends who are NFL reporters and NBA. And some guys have vented about this recently, but... I'm just curious, Bryant, you know the NFL well, you know NFL reporters. 
are they reporting actual news or are they being told, hey, here you go, you can now report this? Because we're in a weird space, and I know that sounds bad. Uh, there are a handful of holdouts who remain like, I, I, listen, I'm going to do whatever, I'm going to write whatever I get. But you know the risk of getting cut off by agents, teams is real. Um, where are we on NFL reporting these days? Yeah, first of all, I'd say that exists in every business. You know, yeah. We get, I know it's in the media business. Oh, you can report this in uh, 30 minutes. You know, <laughs> you see all your favorite media reporters tweet the news yeah. <laughs> at the same time. I guess that, you know, it exists probably less now than it did. Um, there's probably a mix of those things, but the good ones will figure out a way to do it. And it may not be, look, you know, look, we, maybe what we're talking about, the quarterback is not going to sit there and give me quotes like John Elway did in 1986. I may not have that kind, that just may be gone because the world's changed so much, but I can give you interesting, real edgy reporting about this team. That is not the filtered version that the team would like out there in the world. That's going to appear on the team's website. <laughs> like I, I think good reporters will figure out how to do that and will not make themselves captive to you can report. Now you can report this kind of stuff. So, for instance, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension with the Cardinals. Again, not huge news, but this has been out there for a while. Now, we heard about it um, through a guy at Fox a little before they announced it, you know, a day before. But I am curious, like, you know, all, all this news, like breaking news, he's suspended. Like, they were given the okay to then report it and announce it by the team or the league, even though this has been known about for a while. Yeah. Do you, you've been a reporter. I mean, I know if I was sitting on that, I would have loved to report it, but you run the risk of getting cut off by the team. Hey, you screwed us there. You know, how do reporters handle that fine line in this social media age? Well, that's an interesting one. I don't, I don't I'm going to take your version of this. I don't exactly remember how that, when that people knew about that before the, like the official release of the information. But to me, the, the, the way you sort of control for that is let's say there's one insider. Just, just throwing this out here, who is particularly beholden in this hypothetical example to DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins' agent. Yeah. Well, isn't there going to be another insider who mm. doesn't care and would, <laughs> and is not the one getting the scoops from DeAndre's agent who would happily put that out there if they can find out about it? That's so a great point. Competition in journalism to me is, is the answer there. If you just have one person doing all the news, yes, potentially. And again, I'm just making this up, but potentially they could be like, "Oh, I don't want to. Uh, I can't cross that line. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to report that." But also, if the DeAndre Hopkins thing is out is is gonna happen, why does the agent want to hold it a day? Like, what does that matter? Yeah, you know, I get, get, get like, their oh, ducks. Oh, in. If we announce this on Tuesday. It's gonna be better for DeAndre than if we announce it on Monday. I don't. It seems like yeah. Story. I think they want to control the narrative, have all their ducks in a row with what everybody's going to say, hope, hoping for to bury it with other news that it gets, you know, uh, yeah. swept under the rug. I, I don't know. It's been written that he's very, very sorry and da, 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 whatever it is. Appeals yeah. process. But what about for actual like transactional news? I'm just, do you care as much about transactional news as you used to? Because it used to feel like huge. It just doesn't anymore. I didn't. I, yeah, though, I didn't even care about it that much before. Because a lot of it is beating the press release. This is going to happen. It's not, it's not like we're, we're unearthing something that we were never going to know about. Yeah. Now, there is transaction things like they tried to make this trade and it didn't work. You know, this, this guy or Kawhi was this close to signing with the Lakers and they decided to go to the Clippers. That kind yeah. of stuff. That's, that's interesting juicy. to me because yeah. that's not known, right? That, that isn't something that would be in the press release. But if we're just 
the stuff that's just beating the official word by a day, 10 minutes, two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Fine. All right. <laughs> we can like wrap up with the this. guy who in politics is like, well, here, who he's going to, who he's going to pick for vice president. <laughs> and minutes like, okay, we were going to know that now. Good for you. I know. I'm sure your news organization is happy to have that early, but okay. You know, we're anyway. It's probably a little ego stroking too, right? I got that news first. Yeah, I broke that. Um, so we can wrap up with this. Sportico put out a list of 100 highest paid athletes. Uh, LeBron was number one. It's endorsements and salary. And we've been hearing for a little while that, hey, you you don't have to live in the coasts or a big city. You could, you could make it anywhere. Look at Giannis. He stayed in Milwaukee and won a championship. And so, social media was supposed to change that game and help the small markets. Here we are, I don't know, what, 10 years into the social media game? Maybe 15? Do you agree with that still, uh, Brian, that you can be a big-time, wealthy star anywhere you don't need to move to L.A. like LeBron or Chicago or New York or whatever? I agree with it in theory because, again, you and I are old enough to remember an era where if you were rooting for a player who didn't live in your city, it was really hard to consume their quote unquote content. <laughs> I remember being like, for whatever reason, in the eighties, I was a huge Mike Schmidt fan. Remember Mike Schmidt? Oh the, yeah. Phillies. The Phillies. So I got all his baseball cards. I bought a poster from a wall that I still have. I read his like juvenile biography, you know, Michael <laughs> Jack Schmidt was born in Ohio. Da, 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 da. And then I remember just being, I was like nine or whatever. And I remember just hitting a wall and be like, now what do I do? <laughs> I can watch his games. I'm like waiting for him to come on the NBC game of the week. Yeah. Yeah, like there was just nothing to do. Now that shouldn't be a problem, right? If I live in Dallas and I was a Giannis fan, well, I can get all the Giannis I want. I get Instagram, I get, I, you know, I can get this, I get jerseys. Mm. It's, everything's easy to order and consume. So in theory, it shouldn't be an issue, but we all know that people who play in New York, especially New York, we say New York and LA, but especially New York, yeah, are just in the media engine in a lot, in a lot more fundamental way than they are elsewhere. So, you know, maybe that has an effect because they just. Yeah, I mean, multiple radio stations, TV. You you could, if you're in New York, like Zach Wilson, quarterback of the Jets, could be at an event. You know, they open an envelope every night in New York. He could be at five events and raise his profile, right? Now, that probably isn't a good thing for him, (laughs) given he hasn't done anything. But a great example. Sam Darnold's another one. Like, how much would you have thought about Sam Darnold if he didn't play for the Jets? sadly not at all (laughs) i mean i thought about him a lot and he was terrible but you're right like if he goes to jacksonville do we care like i don't know has it hurt trevor lawrence that he is in jacksonville i mean they were a disaster in urban meyer but we forget trevor lawrence two years ago brian was like the one of the biggest deals in college football since tebow was he not yeah oh yeah absolutely I mean, he, he was. Yeah, no, he's he's a good example. I even look at somebody like Mike Trout as on this Sportico mm. list. And baseball is its own conversation about, you know, visibility and a guy of Trout's magnitude. Like, you know, why is why is he not does not why is he not bigger in American sports? But like him being in Anaheim, I think, is a thing versus him playing in Dodger Stadium every day. That's a great point. Now, Otani has overcome that. Yeah. And I guess, sure. you know, uh, he's like a cultural phenomenon. But you're right. He's kind of overshadowed Trout, who I've been hearing is the best be- best baseball player I- I- in the league for, what, five years? Yeah, well, more than that. Uh, is that even accurate? Is he the best player on his team anymore yeah, now? Yeah, it was like, we've been hearing he's like Mickey Mantle for yeah. a really long time. And he is, as far as I know, like he's Mickey Mantle. But it's sort, it's sort of like, he just, it feels... 
again, this a lot of this is feel and a lot of this is not. I, I can't put a metric with this, but it just feels like because he is not right in the white hot center of a giant city sports conversation, he just feels a little more remote. Uh, and I'll just close in saying the biggest Mike Trout highlight I've ever seen was him at Top Golf. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it where he just steps up with like a, a driver and just smashes the ball so far. Everybody around him freaks out. Like that's the one Mike Trout play that I can recall when you mentioned his name. Yeah, like, do you know I the play I'm talking more. about? I, I do. You and I probably need to watch more baseball though. Yes, I think that's accurate. All right. <laughs> There's some baseball fans that are like, you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, you guys are terrible. All right, Brian Curtis, the ringer. He's got a great uh, media following. He covers the media, sports media as well as anybody. Brian, thanks for taking the time, man. Thank you, Jason, man. Great to talk to you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.